Joe presents Liquid Football. Hello, welcome to Liquid Football on Joe. It's the show that takes you inside the dressing room and puts you in the boots of the players. Uh, joining me this week, Matthew Upson and Lee Hendry. And we're going to start with Liverpool's first defeat of the season. After a 44-game unbeaten run, after winning 18 games on the trot, they were beaten by Watford. Now, first of all, we have to say it was a really good Watford performance. But the interest really for us here is when you look at a team who have performed so consistently over such a long period of time, who have been on such a fantastic run of results, and you look at that performance and it's it's dropped. The level doesn't look like it's it's where it, it has been. What what happens there? What 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 can you put it down to? I don't know, I'd probably say, I mean Liverpool have just, I don't know whether they've just dropped off the, the standard um, of, of how they've been. I just think that throughout this season, they've been so close to, to actually losing games uh, and sort of got over, over the line just, uh, just by that, that fraction. But to put it down to, to levels of, of quality, I mean, whether it's, it's not inconsistent because they've been absolutely immense and relentless, but... You just feel that coming up against the Watford side, that they they just seem to struggle. It seemed like there was no energy or, or zap that they've had in, in previous games. You think there's a little build-up to that? I think like a couple of fixtures prior to that, you saw a little, maybe a little chink. Yeah, I do. West, uh, West, West Ham, Ham Norwich. Home, uh, they weren't, uh, not convincing Liverpool, was it? It wasn't like rampant how Liverpool have been. Well, I, I, I always automatically look at the front three and, and you just think that there's going to be goals in there and... I don't feel like that's actually been the Liverpool of, of last season where they've they've been going forward and playing on the front foot. They've sort of... No, I know even because the numbers are there compared yeah. to last season, but there's a, you get a different feeling when you watch them. It's almost, almost more controlled and it, it's, it's certainly not the early days of Jurgen Klopp where it was that kind of rock and roll football is, is what he called it. But they felt like there were, there were residuals of that last season, whereas this feels like a more grown-up side, that it, where, they, where they're just doing enough at it, times. It's more about, sounds silly, and I know it's always about winning, but this team seems to be more about winning. What do they need to do to win? And I think they've had the previous seasons building that and like you say, the rock and roll side of it, where, which was like very hard to sustain. And they've won a lot of games where you think, they're not so much lucky, but they've, they've ground out a, a win or they've managed to win the game, which is a signal of a great team to win matches where you think maybe they could have lost that, but they still win. We've seen previous teams, you know, United were brilliant at it in their, their heyday of winning trophies where they'd just come out with a win, wouldn't they, even though they're under pressure. But you just something about that match against Watford for me was they were looking to each other a little bit for somebody to set the tone right from the off. Watford did it, but I'm not too sure if Liverpool started the game and there was any one player that really set the tone for the rest of them to follow. Yeah, and I, I, I feel that from... I mean, I would, the Norwich game stood out for me where I just felt that this is where it's, the inevitable is going to happen. Yeah. Norwich are going to go and win. Watford game in particular, I just felt that Watford started on the front foot. They looked the more lightly. They looked, obviously, they were the home team, but they didn't look like a team that were struggling to get at that relegation, relegation battle against a, a team that have just been relentless this season. But I think you're right. I think it needed. It, I look at that, that Liverpool side, and I think when you look at a, sort of a leader that can sort of get someone going and dig deep and I don't really felt like I didn't feel like there was that person that was going to sort, sort of dig someone out well their key member the adult on the yeah. pitch yeah. They, yeah. He, he wasn't on the pitch the key the Henderson is in captain but, but that's what I mean I don't feel I mean 
have they got to depend on Henderson or a Milner that's got to be in that side for them to be... I oh, know that team that we know that Liverpool I think it was bad timing. I think timing of, of one of those not playing was unfortunate for Liverpool because I thought that was probably a fixture which maybe needed that more than anything. You know, the, away at Watford with how their season's going. At home, they've been excellent. They've beaten Manchester United at home and looked pretty formidable, to be honest, at times. So it, it, for them not to have their, their, their captain in the team, I think it was a big miss overall and it's probably one of the worst games to, to be without him the, the lineup of, of Liverpool has been one Watford were, were brilliant and fully deserved the win yeah, which is, is true two they were unhappy with their own perform- performance Jurgen Klopp said it's not down to any one individual player this was collectively just not a good performance yeah. from us but that it is better to have it all out the way in one game than have it scattered over a, a few games and that actually now that people are going to stop talking about what records they can beat it's it's maybe not a bad thing for Liverpool to have, have lost a game is that just spin has there ever been a case where losing a game has been a good thing well I think the managers you have to take a positive out of every game I think that's something as a manager and as a player you have to try and do, don't you? I mean, yes. there's, there's certain things that it's very difficult to take positives of, but but you have to try and take something from it. And I think that is a sensible way to look at it, to say, well, perhaps my, my players needed a bit of a kick up the arse at the moment and, and that might be it. That might stir them on to go and achieve great things this season. And yes, the invincible target has gone, but that's not the be-all and end-all. And there's, there's Champions Leagues to, to win and, and huge trophies. So... You've got to kind of think, well, this is a, a bit of a reality check for the group. You know, we're not invincible and that everyone needs to be at it every single game in order to achieve our goals. And I think that that was a really harsh lesson for Liverpool in that sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to react to that. Yeah. Are we going to see Liverpool like we did last season? Is it just going to take that huge weight off their shoulders and they're just going to come out and, and just be the, the Liverpool of, of old of what we've seen? Not that they haven't been good, but... You know, I just, I just think that when you've got a record like that and, and everybody's talking about it, there, there is going to be a lot of pressure around the changing room. People are going to talk about it. You, you've been in a changing room where, where you've, you've talked about them being on good runs of how we're yeah. going to finish the season. And it's, I think there's a lot that lies on the, on the players' shoulders at times. But I think the way, the manner they, they lost that game was probably disappointing just to the fact that it didn't seem like they... I mean, Klopp sent them out early uh, into the yeah. second just to see if that was going... And how many times have we seen that in football where teams have come out as if to say, get out, you know, yeah, we want to see want to see if he's going to get a reaction. Does that, does that make it... Because we read into that when we see players <laughs> coming out early. Does that make a difference? Like, if you've been sent out early, do you go out, you know, feeling more focused and better ready to, to sort of tackle the like game. Or schoolboy. Yeah. Or chief. Yeah. I've had that a few times. Yeah. yeah like, I remember John Greg. I think we were 3-0 down away from home. I think I remember where it was. And he, he, he literally didn't say a lot. And we was out sort of, I don't know, it might have been 10 minutes before the lads, and we were sort of hanging around. It's like, well... Especially if it's cold it, as might, well. Yeah, that mindset <laughs> is that, well, you're absolutely garbage in that first half. I've got nothing to say to you. You go out and show me what, what, you know, what you're all about. And listen, sometimes it does react and you do get reactions out of players. And sometimes you don't. We lost 6-0 in the end of that game, but um, that's from being 3-0. And Liverpool, lost that, one. <laughs> yeah. and Liverpool yeah. lost that one 3-0. Yeah. So, they can, so it yeah. sometimes can, it can uh, reflect quite badly, but just the manner they, they lost the game was, was pretty poor from a, a Liverpool perspective. 
Troy Deeney said after the the win, and he's one of the one of the uh, the Watford players who had a particularly effective game uh, against Liverpool. But he said, without without actually being rude about it and without being arrogant about it, he said, I targeted the weaker of the two central defenders. They weren't his exact words, but if you're comparing someone to Virgil van Dijk, most people are going to be the weaker of the two central defenders. However, is Dejan Lovren, who has been taking a, a lot of weight for the, the blame, and Klopp's been at pains to say this is not down to one individual performance, this, this defeat, but it, is he... A worry is he a concern? Because there, there are sometimes good performances from him. Yeah, just not always. He's got a history of having a bad game. I'd have to say that. Yeah. I think. I think when he, maybe the the unwanted or over criticism is when he's had a bad game. It's been a very bad game with with bad implications in terms of the the result for Liverpool, and, that, and they happen from time to time. And in an invincible season, you can't afford for them to happen that's why you know it's it's called an invincible for a reason it is superhuman in a way to to operate at that level for an entire league season but yeah I think it's unfair to single him out in that game to say oh he was a reason why Liverpool no there was a lot of substandard performances but he did for me it's almost like he got drawn in by Deeney I think if Deeney's saying that and that's that was his tact He's brilliant at it. You know, he, he lures people in, doesn't he? And, and almost wants people to engage in that physical confrontation. And he's, exactly what he said. He's, he's a said, big like, lad. He wanted he? to fight me and I'm very happy to have the he, fight. He, he's a big lad. And it's yeah. kind of like you've almost got to outfox him with your mobility and your footwork and your movement as a centre-back and not get too embroiled. There's going to be moments where you're going to have to go shoulder to shoulder and become physical. But on the whole, I look at the second... Was it the second goal? The throw-in? Or was that the yeah. first goal? Yeah. Second, the first the goal, sorry. It's the first yeah. goal. Yeah. And uh, Lovren's just static. Deeney's backing into him and it's Deeney's loving it. He's thinking, I've just drawn him all the way in. The ball bounces over their head. Yeah. Mm. And he's done his job there at that point because he's, he's embroiled Lovren. He's taken his eye off the ball. Whereas if he just sets himself off, he probably deals with that and heads it clear. You, yeah, but do you not think, I mean, Lovren coming into the side, I mean, he hasn't played that many games this season. Do you think that... I mean, you know yourself, you come into the side that's doing so well. Yeah. You almost want to do that extra bit more than what you normally do. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. Um, yeah. Which possibly, fell, like you said, it fell into Troy's hands, really. Yeah. And they set the stall at how they wanted to play against him. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was overcritical of, of him. I look at Van Dyke in the game, especially. Yes. Um, the goal where Saar, it, it's almost like he's inviting him to cross the ball. Well... Van Dijk, usually, we know he's just absolutely... Snubs that out, yeah. doesn't he? And he stops it, he blocks yeah. it, he slides in. I just, I, th- I felt that that just summed up the whole Liverpool performance. It really did. You know, you, we can single out defensive errors, but even the front three, they were nowhere near on no. par than what we've seen. You know, they made no attacking threat at all. And I look at Delefeo, who I thought... The spell he was on, he was absolutely amazing. He was the outlet. There was Saar. There were so many key performances for Watford that they made it hard for, for Liverpool. They really did. Took them out the bottom three as well. Should Watford feel optimistic about staying in the Premier League? I mean, if they maintain that standard of performance in it's, every game between now and the end of the season. It's, it's been a really smart appointment from the club with Nigel Pearson. And it, I, didn't, I honestly didn't see it coming to be honest, but when you step back and you look at it and you look at what his skill set is, I've worked under him at Leicester and that is him to a T. Like he's, he's able to rally groups of players. It's almost like he enjoys the fact that you're really under it and, and he, he, he operates well 
in that environment. And he and he has he has his little one on ones. He he gets to know his players. He sees certain traits. He's a big person of in terms of mentality and body language. And oh, how's he looking this week? Not you know that will really affect his selection. How he sees people, their personality around the training ground. It's not just about well how well is he playing. He looks at all those little things, and I think he he thrives in that type of scenario. And so far for me, he, he's had a massive impact on that group yeah. of players. And they're, they're now looking at Because the results were... I don't think they'd won in five no. before the Liverpool game, but the performances... And, and they've not all been great, and they've certainly not necessarily been as good as the one against Liverpool, but they've had better performances they've maybe than their results would, would suggest. Every, every performance has had fight. I think, and they've, they've set their stall out and he's got something from the players. Now, they might, might have fallen short in terms of quality in some of their matches or I think there's a couple of games where they've lost the lead, haven't they? Everton at home, they, they, they lost the lead and, and lapses in concentration. But on the whole, he's got a great reaction. Out of, out of yeah, he's old, he's old school. I like, I like, his, I like his mentality of, of, of how he, he gets the players going. Um, I mean, I, when he first came back into, when I came back into Watford, to Watford, I was thinking, was it the right appointment at the time? But... He's turned. He's turned the club around, and they, I mean, I watched. I watched them. I watched them against Villa, even. And they got beat late on, but they was, they was by far the better side. And he's just got that reaction that I think Watford need at this current time to get them out of the the bottom three. He's got an element of fear about him as well, hasn't he? I think anyone that <laughs> sees or meets Nigel Pinn, he's got he's got a stern look. And yeah, actually, and he he's isn't quite that as a person. friendly. He is really friendly. No, I, but but you're almost every time he's friendly, you're sort of surprised by it. <laughs> you sort of go, you're waiting for him to shout at you, even though he's, you know that's not how he normally. He's friendly behaves. when he's been nice, but when he's yeah. in the dressing room and he's unhappy, never been in the friendly, situation. Yeah, the friendliness yeah. gets parked yeah. a little bit, yeah. and and the other the other side of Nigel Pearson yeah. comes out, and he, and he and he'll let people have it. Yeah. And but I think you're right. You so. don't, he doesn't have to do that because he has that uh, as often, maybe as he would if he was a quieter person. Because you just know it's there in the yeah. background. Yeah. You know that it's, that it's ready there. to be unleashed if oh, necessary. Definitely. That's his persona, isn't it? He's got he's got the stare and the stature yeah. to command a little bit of oh, the, ma- the manager's looking. And I think I think that's useful. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. I yeah. think players re- generally respond quite well to that. We're talking about. Um, the, the 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 performance by Watford in that win over over Liverpool and you, you mentioned Aston Villa and you talk about Watford playing Aston Villa but the performance they put in against Manchester City it was much closer I think than people thought it might be that game Are we before we before we concentrate on on that game does that show us because there's a lot been said about the quality and the standard in the Premier League this season when you see performances like the Watford one when you see Villa holding their own, certainly in the early stages against Manchester City. Is it, is it closer than, than we think? Is it closer than results are suggesting? Uh, I, I actually don't think. I mean, I think Villa did play well for certain parts of the game. I felt they defended well, but I think the comparison... I mean, I think Man City could have blew Villa away um, yesterday in the, in the game, but I felt that they... Invited Villa, uh, they invited Man City on to them. Um, they did start well. I thought they got in and ran. Their energy was very good in, in comparison to the to the Man City game. Um, but I mean, there was just there was just that element of saying how 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 long can we hold on for the game? How long do we sit back? And it's not. I, I felt that it could have been it could have been a lot more. Um, and I think people are just because of the scoreline, everyone's thinking. Villa did quite well. Yeah. Whereas I don't think that was the that, case. That's how I thought. I was at Wembley and I, I, it was a lesson at times. It was a footballing lesson that 
City gave Aston Villa at times. And I agree that, that I understand the tact and it, and it, can you say it didn't work? Like, I suppose it did work because they were in, they hit the post to force it to extra time, you know, so they're in the game. So I guess that's what cup finals are about, playing football to, to, to win. And I think, do I think that was the best tact? I, because they started so well, I saw them come out of the blocks and I thought, yeah. oh, this this is going to be... <laughs> and and they, they, they put stones under pressure, Fernand, they put balls in the box. Whenever a cross came in, Manchester City looked vulnerable for me. Yeah. And I think they did that early on. And you thought, yeah, th- this is this is the... W-. The moment City got the ball and they just dropped, they were so deep. The midfield yeah. three, uh, Douglas Louise and um, yeah, Nakamba, yeah. were literally on the toes of mm. uh, Mings yeah. and Engels. Mm. And... The four of them at times were marking Aguero. That was it. And you kind of like, as a centre-back, I can't tell you how frustrating it is when a centre-midfielder drops that deep into your space. It's just, you just want to get them out. And I didn't see the centre-backs doing that either. No. I didn't see Mings getting Johnny old and, and Dirty Dancing, this is yeah, me, my personal space. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is your personal space. Yeah, this space. is my yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. Go and do your job. Yeah. And like, it didn't allow them to do their job. And the first, Rodri on the first goal had so much time to pick a pass the, you just, you know, it's very well getting men behind the ball, but if you're just marking space, teams like Man City are just going to kill you. Well, they were, they were miles off them, as you say, so but when, when you expect Villa to, I mean, say Jack Grealish, for instance, he's picking the ball up on the toes of, of Mings and uh, and the defence, and how's it, what has he got in front of him? He's got Samata who's in front of him, and they've got to do something special. He's so isolated. Come out of it. Yeah, and, and I mean, I spoke to people and they were saying, oh, Jack was way off, he, you know, but... What, how, how, can it, how can you get the best out of Jack Grealish? Well, move the midfielder higher yeah. up, move him into, a, into his, his, his spaces where he's going to attack teams and, and, and cause problems. But when you're sitting back like that, he's not, that's not that They very thing. rarely got him on the ball. No, not Any area of the pitch no. where he could actually show how good a player he actually is. And, and I should imagine that last night and today, he's feeling really disappointed about... He shouldn't be disappointed in himself because he, he did, but I think he was limited as to what he could yeah, have done, but he, he wasn't able to showcase what he really can do and that, that was a shame. Will he be able to do that long-term at Aston Villa or if he does want to showcase the best of his talents, is it going to have to be elsewhere? Do you think? Dean Smith has sort of talked about it and hinted at it without really saying it openly but but has said look he's ambitious and he's he's incredibly talented yeah well I, I think at this moment in time you look at the situation at, at, at Villa and I think Jack has stood out a million miles this season um I think on a personal on a personal note I think it's it's time for him to move on I think he's got to go and express what talent he's actually got because I, f- I feel like he's, he's grown as a as a man. He's he, you know he, he stepped up to the plate and I, I the give a lot. The timing's been good for him, yeah, hasn't it? Has the way been. he's allowed himself to to develop at Villa. It has, and uh, you know even Dean Smith, I thought it was a bit of a masterstroke giving him the armband to say, you know what, there's a lot that lies on your shoulders, and it, it, he has done that this season. I think you take him out of that Villa side. I mean, McGinn's been out, but you take him out of there and you're talking a bank average Villa team that's not really going to create no. anything. He, um, he's, done, he's done well enough to move. Yeah. And I think that that's very apparent for me. I think he's one of the most exciting attacking midfield, wide players, number 10, wherever you want to play him in that role that we've got in the Premier League. I really do think he's one of the most exciting players in, in terms of potential. And... For me, if he wants to push himself forwards and move his own career on, 
I think he'll have to be looking at thinking that I'm, I may well need to move on at some point. I think it's time now. He's either going to miss the boat yeah. and stay as a Villa player. I'm not saying he, he, he can't be a, an absolute legend there, but it's it's all about winning trophies. Like you, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> legend. <laughs> it's all about winning things. So, you know, it, uh, I always relate back to this. It's we play football. I've always played football because I've wanted to to to, to get to the the pinnacles to the top of your career but it's not been about the money it's about winning trophies and being in, uh, listen Jack could fit into uh, any of them top four for me so the question is then is he the kind of player who would s- not survive at a big club in terms of you know his personality but you know to go from being the main man at Aston Villa to being one of the main men at a, a top four club or a, top, a club that's challenging for the, in the Champions League does he have that personality? I think he does, yeah. I really do. I think him in that City side, for instance, yesterday, I think we were seeing a, a, a completely different Jack Grealish. And I feel that that's where, at the moment, you know, we're not actually seeing his full potential. I feel there's still a lot more to come from Jack. And that's, that's a big thing, really, um, because you can be a big fish in a small pond at yeah. times, can't you? It's making that step up. And I feel he's got that... That swagger and that arrogance anyway, and the, the style of play he plays yeah. is... You, you only really know the answer to that question when you do it. Mm. Yeah. So we can all assume or write it off, whatever, but I agree with, with Lee in that he's got a real arrogance on the pitch and you need that to go, to go and be a star at a, at a Liverpool, at a Manchester United, at an Arsenal. At a, you, you need that. And that, to me, tells me... And he's quite gritty, yeah. It's like, I know he's a creative player, yeah. but he's, he's not the type to... It doesn't look like a moaner or like oh, rolling around on the floor. Like he looks like he gets on with, with business and he's quite clinical in how he plays. Yeah. And I think that always lends itself well to that kind of transition that he's seems very focused on the pitch. I, I think it also, going to, if he's going to go to one of the top four, I think he's got to, he's got to have the right selection of, of, of where he actually goes because he could end up going somewhere and getting, getting lost... Um, there's got to be a place for him to, to go straight in. There's got to be a place where, yeah, yeah, he's going to go in and he's going to play straight away. What's his best position? You think out uh, on the left? Or? I think, well, that's the good thing about Jack is that he can come from wide areas yeah. and he can he can play in that Number 10. 10 he yeah, he's, 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 be, he's better in there, but he's yeah. better being much more up further up the pitch yeah. where he's going to affect games. You know, he's brought goals to his games, which has been a massive key plus, assists. And I think in a better side, I think we'll see a, seeing a top player. Um, on the, the flip side, you've got someone like, like Jack Grealish, who's coming through at Aston Villa, feels like he's at a real crucial point of his career where it's ready to, to take off. John Stones feels like he's at a similar point of his career at, at Manchester City, where it, it came with so much promise and so much expectation and such glowing reviews. And it doesn't. There have been moments, but it never feels like it's properly taken off for him what what do you think you know the position inside out so what do you think he's he's an interesting player to talk about because there are i can understand a lot of his i had a few similarities to him about how he wanted to play and almost sometimes it boils down to the picture of how you see yourself playing and what type of player you are and as a centre-back it's very hard especially in the premier league to get away with not doing the basics of defending very, very well. I think other leagues, it might be easier because other leagues are more focused on handling the ball. And the Premier League is becoming more that. And you can't play for Manchester City unless you're comfortable on the ball Mm. in any position. So you have to have that. And he's a box ticked 
in that sense for me. But there's an element of, about how he plays that sometimes you just want to see him simplify a little bit and just do things that, you know, traditional centre-halves do. Kick someone, head of the ball out into the stand, clear the ball, clear your lines, simple. You know, it, I love seeing him play and he's very talented with the ball. But I think it can, just having that clarity about him, he looks a little bit cloudy at times. That, that little mistake, it's just didn't get his footwork right. Maybe or not the brain to foot, just his decision. Perhaps he's thinking of what shall I do with this ball as opposed to be having a clear head to just say, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to clear this ball. And I'm very simple about how I'm thinking. I think the computer gets frozen, you know, and, and that's the best way I can describe it. It's a mentality. He's capable of doing it. I've seen him do it. It's just knowing, simplifying your game and knowing exactly what you need to do in every moment. And the clearer you can be, yeah. you must know when you've yeah. gone into games, if you're cloudy about how yeah. you're going to play, your touch is slow. You get it nicked off your toe in the middle of the park or you're not clinical, you're not decisive enough and you can't play well like that. No, I know. And, and I was thinking about this because I, we know John Stones has been a very, very good footballer comes out from the back, he does things that you just don't expect from most centre-halves, yeah. really, which makes him stand out from the, from the crowd. It's like, I suppose it's like asking a, a, a wide man, Mane, not to go and run past Sterling, not to run past someone, you know. Yeah. It's, it's little things like that that you sometimes you have to pull yourself back to basics. I mean, if we seen John Stones kicking out of play, we'd be like, well, you don't usually do that. No. But then would people start to think, well, is he good enough? Because Harry's got to that, that stage of being one of the best defenders around, if you want, if you want to call him that, or a, a different style defender, is by doing them, them other things that, that he's struggling to do at the moment. But how do you revert back to that? I, I mean, I thought Pep would be someone that might yeah. be the man that could sort of iron that out. But... but I don't think it's a case of reverting back for him because he never has done it. Yeah. And I think in every other area of his game... I'm sure that the move to Manchester City has been a positive, but that side of it would be really interesting to know how much focus he's put on that from from the coaching staff and from him personally about him wanting to sit because so because the coaching's at the high level that it is mm. that maybe there isn't that attention to detail in the basic well, sense that that's sort of assumed is that what well, you're yeah well also also the majority of the times he's probably played for Manchester City there's not many that they haven't dominated possession yeah and I had a similar one when whenever I played for Arsenal a lot of the games would be very comfortable because you it was in such a great team but then when you did have the games where it was really important you were needed to be called upon at times I wasn't ready and I almost had to go away to Birmingham City that I went from there really we were nice. defending for our lives every week we were in a relegation fight my job was to clear the ball head it clear clear, clear my lines play if I could yeah. hit some long balls into Emil Heskey and, and <laughs> Christoph Dugger whoever was playing yeah. and I'd try and play but the main focus was defend yeah. and it actually made me a better, far better player so I then moved on from that and I was a more rounded more accomplished centre back but I don't think John Stones has been through that experience. And it's, it's, it's just... Good point. No, it's I just good don't point. see him sometimes sit, do the simple things Even at Barnsley, well at the kind of, you know, when he was there and they were on to, to Everton and had the, you know, the... Has there not been those, those moments for him, do you think? P possibly. Or maybe he just hasn't taken it on, on board as much or sees it as, as the value that it, that, that it is. But he's got all the criteria to be one of the best. But at the moment... There is a question mark over him. Yeah, there is. You'd have to say there is. And he, he, he's probably wondering why, why is he not kicking on to the level that where he, he should be? And there has to be a reason. 
But the one thing I will go back to Stones is that second half, he, he did extremely well to get himself back on track. That's not easy when you've made a mistake. Yeah. I think he must have gone in at half-time and he came out second half and he was a lot simpler yeah. and, he, and he defended well and he, and he played really well in the second half. So that's, that's, that's a big tick in the box in terms of recovery from making a mistake. It's never easy. Uh, this is Liquid Football on Joe. I'm Kelly Cates alongside Matthew Upson and Lee Hendry. If you like what you see and hear, then please leave a nice review on iTunes and YouTube. On TKO this week, Chris Lloyd and Carl Frampton are joined by world champion Josh Taylor and his new coach Ben Davison to discuss, amongst other things, the likely fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. If Fury's on it, there isn't the heavy. The only other heavy. He's big Wilder. The only other guy that has a chance is AJ. But if Fury's on it, I don't even think it's uh, it's that close a fight. But I think it just depends on on how how he fights him. The longer yeah. a fight like that goes on, the more data Tyson has, the better he gets. Therefore, yeah. AJ's chance is probably best first half of the fight. Would you say? I'd say probably. I'd say, probably, I'd first say half. Pro- uh, probably first half. I'd say uh, you just never know with the heavyweights. You know, but like. When was it he put Vlad down? Was, go, it was, round? Really was it the sixth round? Or? It was, it was late. Four, fourth, fifth, he got put in the... Yeah, and then he got put down in the sixth, sixth yeah. and then he put Klitschko away in the eleventh. Yeah, well, see, well... I think, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. So it's, it doesn't matter, really matter with the heavyweights. It can be no. over at any time. But um, I just believe that Fury would just outbox him. Um, I just think he's got more variety to him. You know, it's just... Um, when it comes to a boxing match, I don't think there's anybody that can match Fury in, in terms of boxing. That was world champion Josh Taylor and his coach Ben Davison speaking on TKO to Carl Frampton and Chris Lloyd. You can watch the whole show on YouTube or you can download it as a podcast. Check out House of Rugby with James Haskell as well. Let's move on to Everton and Manchester United. It was an eventful game. Mistakes, controversies, disallowed goals, all kinds of things at, at Goodison. Let's start with David De Gea. So he delayed his goal kick for fraction too long just in, the tiny in came Dominic Calvert-Lewin and that was the ball diverted into, into Manchester United's net there's been a lot of criticism of, of David De Gea we know he's made or no one's made more mistakes leading to goals than him since the start of, of last season at what point does it do we stop talking about it as a blip <laughs> long time ago really a blip yeah a blip's a Dip in form, of, yeah, but you can't have a two-year dip in form. <laughs> no, you can't. It's, it's so, but not... the reason the reason I'm asking it, you're right because the the stats show that it, he's he's been error prone over the the last couple of seasons. Yeah, but there still have been those classic David de Gea performances. So it's 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 a mixed bag, where, isn't it? Yeah. So it's whether what which outweighs the other, isn't it? But I think the bigger question is, and I don't know what you think. Is how long? How long do you maintain? top player or should we say world-class status as a player because he's been that absolutely no question he, he's been that but then when does that start to slide based on form and you know you can always look at how good he was three years ago and how good he has been at times this season and last season he's been an unbelievable save save things that he's got no right to get to his athleticism's second to none isn't it in terms of saving the ball but your number one criteria of a goalkeeper as a manager, surely when you're recruiting a goalkeeper, is can I rely? Is it, can I trust him? And at the moment, there's a question mark over over David De Gea in that area. Well, there is. I mean, you you, you can't even be, well, you can't be classed as world class if you are making them mistakes. I mean, the goal against Everton was just. I mean, I, I don't understand what he's actually thinking about. I think, you know, I think 
do we do do we resort back to him going back to base? I mean, it, it, what what do we do? He makes some world class saves, and then he does things like that. What he did yesterday. I don't know if his mindset's there. I don't know whether it's the whole Man United thing that surrounds him. Um, you know, we had lots of talk about him leaving the club. Was it that stage where he should have left the club at the time? And I, I, I just feel that you can't put him in a world-class category at all. But, but you say that, is it the Man United or what's around him? But then clubs that are looking, the type of clubs that are going to look to want to take David De Gea, they, that's a huge question unanswered in terms of recruitment. If you're looking at what's the goalkeeper got... If you go to Real Madrid, the scrutiny is going to be the same or if not, maybe that, a little bit more. Is that going to change his mentality? Of, of Because he just looks like he's, I don't know, going through the motions at times, but then he makes some unbelievable saves and you just think, the, 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 how, how, are you going, how are you going to stop these mistakes? I mean, what has it been the last few years that, he, that they seem to have, have come across more evident, well, that happened more frequently? I think the magnitude of the game doesn't help him because there's been, there's been mistakes against Portugal in the World Cup. Yeah. Another international one against Switzerland, uh, for against Barcelona with Messi. You watched the montage of mistakes, (laughs) didn't you? (laughs) Is there is there a theme? Is it is the and is the theme big match occasions? I don't know. If you look at the goals that are conceded, I I kind of start to look at them and think there's a lot of these are big games. Chelsea at home, Manchester derby, Sane in the near post, all these type of of things. The the goal he conceded at Watford that went through his hands, which was a significant goal because I think it gave Watford the lead or it might have given them the second I can't remember but they're moments that actually cost the game or some of the time but against big teams in local derbies or, or, or internationally you know Spain-Portugal the World Cup it's a huge game to, to make an error and you can think of a lot of goalkeepers that have made those type of errors and haven't recovered in terms of yeah. selection again after mm. type of mistakes like that so you know, I think he, he's, he's may, he maybe may just keeping him afloat because we see him do amazing things yeah. in between these mistakes. And it just keeps, keeps him alive in that sense. Yeah. But, but it's, it's a major a, problem, isn't it? I'm trying to think of a goalkeeper going through, not a dip, I'm not saying it's a dip in form, but, but to see them sort of decline. And they tend not to decline like this I'm trying I'm trying to it's think of another one that, it's, it's, a, you it's see an up it and in, down chart isn't it you see it, with, you see it with outfield players because you can see that maybe the fitness levels go or as they get older they can't, you can see what it is that they can't do yeah. that they used to be able to do but De Gea looks like he can still do what he's always been well, able can, to do we've seen that he there's can, just yeah. errors there as, as well I think the outfield players as well if you're having a, a bad moment it's easier to drop an outfield player out you can slightly shift the formation. You can say, oh, I want to be playing away from home. I'm going to be a little bit more defensive and I'm going to drop... Knowing that this player needs a little couple of weeks to... Yeah. Goalkeepers, no hide. You can't. You're dropping your goalkeeper. It's, it's probably the biggest call the manager makes well, out of all for, the positions. For, for someone like the hair as well, I mean, I think that would be the... I think there'd be a lot more talking point around actually about his mistakes if he did get dropped. Do mm. you not think? I think... Especially, like I say, the Man United thing, it just seems like there's always something going on at Man United, you know, yeah. players coming in, players going, are they good enough? Are they like the, the old Man United? But to drop him, I just, I think that could possibly destroy him. Do you not think? Well, possibly, but, that, but that's the challenge, isn't it? Because you can't, it, it's, it's a really high number of mistakes. I think that's the only mm. thing, we, everybody makes mistakes. The best in the world make mistakes. We see it all, the, you know, regularly, but 
to make the amount that he's made in these two seasons is, is certainly it's a high he's, number. He's certainly getting away with it with the, the, the saves he makes in games. Yeah. I think that's why people don't really think back to what mistakes he has made. If you're Dean Henderson, <laughs> have you got your eye on him? He's, he's very openly said he wants to go back and make a, a career at, at Manchester United. Obviously, he's on loan from there at the moment. But are you watching with extreme interest what's going on with, with David De Gea? I'm sure he is. I'm absolutely sure he is, and it, it's been a great loan for him, hasn't it? Yeah, and a, and a great loan for Manchester United. Mm. It's been great for everyone for Sheffield United. Mm. So it's worked all round. But I'm sure he's looking at that after having a full season playing in the, you know, pushing into the similar realms as Manchester United in the league at Sheffield. He's looking at that, thinking, right, I'm, well, it'd be now's a, my time to strike. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be an interesting poll to see who would, who the Man United sort of fans would pick out of the two at the moment. I think there's only one that he could pick because, you know, he's young, he's, do, he's done so well at, at Sheffield United. I mean, he, he had a bit of a... He had a made a mistake, didn't he? And I remember Chris Wilder... Yeah, and, and Chris Wilder sort of gave him a, a kick up the backside. And some, sometimes you need that, but he's been, he's been so consistent at, at Sheffield United and, and one of the key players in, in their season. Would you go for him? Would you be looking to bring him in at the end of the I, season? I don't think he lacks the confidence, mm-hmm. which I think is why Chris Wilder publicly gave yeah, him did, a, yeah. a kick, because I think yeah. he looked at him as an individual and thought, you need you're not bringing down a bit. Yeah, you're not bigger than the clubs. No, but, yeah. and, and that's the manager's call. And I think, you know, know your players and know how they react. And he's reacted brilliantly to that type of criticism. So you'd, you'd have to say that he, he has the mentality to, and the confidence and, and the arrogance to, to be able to, to go and play for a team like Manchester United. Yeah. You're listening to Liquid Football on Joe. Right, this week's challenge is get quizzical. All the guys have to do is hang off this bar behind me for as long as they can. Every time they get a question right, they will get one second added to their time. And the winner is the person who lasts the longest. If they both come off at the same time, it'll come down to how many questions that they've got right. So it's easy. I like this way he says it's all we have to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just all. Yeah, that's all. What, how are you feeling about the challenge? Um, I'm used. To, well, I'm used to be quite good at doing sort of pull-ups and that. Um, I just don't know about the hang time because I've got quite clammy hands. Um, I think I'd find it hard to sort of grip it, but I feel like I've got the the upper hand over the big man here. Yeah, you haven't put any hand cream on or anything like that. I just have, to, yeah. You have, yeah. Just that's, when I got not going to help. You want the chalk? I better go and wash my hands. Yeah, isn't dry it out a little bit. <laughs> I think he's a favourite. Slightly lighter, slightly lighter <laughs> man. You know what I mean? It's got to help, isn't it? Yeah, but you got the physical. You got the guns, true, haven't you? I've, yeah, I've got like little puny arms. <laughs> <I have. laughs> okay, gentlemen, on your marks, get set, go. Lee Watford have ended Liverpool's unbeaten run. How many games did it last? Forty-four. Correct. Matt, name two Premier League teams who are currently inside the bottom three. Norwich and Brighton. No. Bournemouth. Yes. Lee, what nationality is Kevin De Bruyne? Uh, Belgium. Correct. Matt, Inter Miami played their first ever match. It was against LAFC, but what was the score? 2-0. No, incorrect. It was a random guess. (laughs) (laughs) Lee, Manchester City beat Aston Villa 2-1 in the Carabao Cup final on Sunday. Who scored Villa's goal? Samata. Correct. You're struggling yet. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging up here, by the way. Do you know what he's doing? Uh, the thing is, the longer you make this go on, my the, hands the are longer so... it takes for <laughs> you to get a chance to answer your question. Who holds the record for the fastest hat-trick in Premier League history? I've gone. Jeez. I have actually gone. My hands are going to... I have no idea. It Harry is. Kane. Oh. So, oh, 
Have I won? Is Sadio Mane with two minutes and 56 seconds. Oh. You got that physical strength. That's nearly there. Oh, and or oh, like massive hands. I think you need to have <laughs> to be able to grip onto. Are you just showing I'm up? I'm going now, now a little bit. I've been, yeah. been told to just keep going. You go, okay, then. Stuff, Do you want Lee's questions as well, then? Who was sent off more times in their career, Lee Hendry or Matt Upson? Ooh. Lee Hendry. Correct, seven compared to two. <laughs> Matt, which animals face each other on the Newcastle United badge? I don't think you'll get this. Jeez. You must have it. Oh, God. Seahorses. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Yeah, when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of... But oh it's God. good Rick. in your face. Yeah. Uh, it's so, it's Matt Upson, you're the winner. Thank you. Well done, I don't know what the score was, but you won. Well done, mate. Well played. <laughs> class, it was good, good effort. <laughs> Great effort. <laughs> it was actually going to be quite easy, to be honest. Um, but once I got up there, my hands started slipping. My arms were hurting under there. Um, it was a lot harder than what I actually thought. I thought I'd beat Matty, to be honest, but... He's got that extra physical strength against me. One of life's great achievements, <laughs> winning that. But no, enjoyed it. it was a good, good challenge. Not too good for the uh, hand sweater. You've got a bit of a moist palm. You can struggle a little bit. But overall, enjoyable. You're listening to Liquid Football. On Joe. Wilfred Zaha... Um, had a row. Well, a row. Let's call. It, there's, there's been all kinds <laughs> a spat. of well, well, well. You say spat yeah. because there's been all kinds of rumours flying yeah, about I on social media. That. There's nothing really to to back that up. I'm not seeing no. anything that suggests that that's what went on. But what we we did see that went on was that Brighton's Ezekiel Scalotto um, was warming up on the touchline and. Looked like he, he did that thing where, you know, hold his hand over his mouth and says something to Wilfred Zaha and Wilfred Zaha sort of reacts and then Scalato sort of rubs his eyes as though, you know, oh, cry baby. Yeah. Um, and then Zaha reacts, goes over to Scalato and then Scalato is booked for, for his part in that. It, there's a really... There have been a, a couple of interviews, actually, with, with Wilfred Zaha. Henry Winter spoke to him, John Cross spoke to him about lots of different things partly about the way that he feels he's unfairly perceived. He says, opposition fans don't like me. I'm the one that gets booed and people say I just have to take it because I'm a good player. Well, why should I have to? And and this kind of thing. And he talks about, amongst other things, about the the abuse that he gets on social media and some of it's horrible like really not not just oh I think you're rubbish like but really nasty personal horrible stuff. There are there are two things here. One is Wilfred Zaha, his mental health, which we have to, to take seriously and the fact that we know the damage that, that that kind of serious level of abuse can can have on people. There's also the ability of opposition players to be able to rile him. And you're a really interesting person to talk to about this. No, but for, you for never two got reasons. Out of there, no, no but, I mean, you, ne- <laughs> you didn't react but, to any for that. But, as, but, but as well as that, you have had... You know, mental health issues as well. So I just want to be careful that I'm not separating two things that actually are linked. Do you, they, and for you, were they separate? Well, yeah, I, I personally, I think so. I think, you know, I, I look at the social media sort of side of it and I feel that listen, you get dog's abuse on there. I mean, I've, I've gone through that myself. Um, no one, no one likes to, to read bad things about yourself. We all like to read all the good things, obviously. But I just feel that if you know, if you're going to put yourself out there in that situation, you've got to expect to have that come back on you. I don't feel that that helps the mental mental health side of stuff for for lots of reasons. Um, but on the pitch side of it, you know, you can take things onto the pitch. I was always one that 
players would always try and wind up. You know, even being on the bench, I've, I've got wound up off fans and, and got security guards come over to me telling me to go back in. So I just feel that sometimes he doesn't help himself in that situation. And you're right, because there is a fine line, is that we've got to take the mental health side of it so serious. But, you know, aren't going onto the pitch, I just feel that that's two different, completely... Well, completely different uh, issues. Because there's, there's, where, where we're sort of we're, we're trying to draw the line here and, and work out, and we, we can't really speak about Zaha personally, because you don't know what, what's yeah. going on with him. But there, there seems to be that from the, the interviews that he's given, this this world where he he doesn't like the fact that um, he struggles with the fact that opposition fans don't like him, that he feels that he's booed more than anybody else, that he feels that he gets really un- unwarranted abuse on, on social media and that he, he struggles with that and he, he you know, has to switch off when he goes home to, to do that. But then there's that side of him where he, you see him play at the weekend and he can be very easily wound up by, by other players on the pitch. So what, what would wind you up? What would be the kind of things that would, be your, that would, would light your fuse? <laughs> well, pretty much anything. Really. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, something like that. I don't know whether that, that you know, you, listen, if someone kicks me in or, or says something to me, I, I, I tend to have a switch where, I, you know, I, I, well, I try and calm myself down, but I, I get so wound up in the emotion of playing football and being on a football pitch is that sometimes I, I forget where, I'm, where I am because I think it's just the, the whole surroundings, the team, but I feel that he's sort of got that same sort of... Because... It, the, the actual incident, he, he seems to be walking around and all of a sudden it, it, it's like someone switches something on in his head and he, it, he wants to go and react to it. Uh, and it didn't really seem like there was an awful lot. I think there was a bit of shouting onto the pitch mm-hmm. for him. But for him to react the way he did, you know, it does make me think, why? Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, if someone whacks me out, that's where I'll probably get more of a reaction yeah. and then we'll have an, an argument. And then I'll think... Can't wait till he gets the ball again. I want to. I want to sort of. Can you learn to, to bring that under control? Can you, or at least to to move in the right direction? I think you can, and that's where I feel that Zaha is no doubt a fantastic talent. You know, he's got so much ability, and I think maybe you should use that whole surrounding to his advantage. I really do because there's nothing more than than this. How I feel is that. If I'm getting so much abuse off fans, and I'd love to go and stick it in the net. Yeah, I'd love to go and go past someone and create a goal. But that'd be my mentality of how I want to sort of react and, and, and sort of say, well, that's what I'm all about. But, but you got to miss, it's a compliment to, in terms of like, you know, not to say that I sat in a dressing room on a Villa Birmingham City derby and said, <laughs> let's wind Andrew up. Yeah. <laughs> he's easy to make some tip. A good player. Like, you, 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 you knew would, that if Villa you? were going to play yeah, well, yeah. he was going to have a good game. Yeah. And he was going to be dictating play. Can't allow that on the pitch. So get, a, you know, Robbie Savage might want to try and wind <laughs> you up and, and, get, and, and knock you off, so, off uh, kill. And that, that's, that's the nature of the game that's that's football's more sometimes more about that than it is about talent yeah for, for sure and that's that, that that's the match so you know it, it is a compliment in a way yeah. you know a bit of a side compliment but I just I just think that handling it in the way he has an inter- the fans see that though don't they so you, you then say that what well, the fans hammer me well they they see that it, it affects you so it's almost like you 
it's a chink, isn't it? It's a chink. It's a chink, and, and when you're in that position, sometimes you do have to go out there like you've got armor on. Yeah. And, and, and not care, mm. and, and and that's where social media can be damaging. Because if you do care, what's what's said, then I think it's going to happen. Well, it's going to happen. Gonna, it's it's going to affect you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel and it, it's going to happen a lot more, though, isn't it? You know, you you're just putting a sign in your back saying, you know, I care about it. So what are the fans going to? They're just going to get on your they're, case. They're going to be all over. Players that. are going to get on your case. It's it, it's a difficult it's a yeah. difficult situation to be yeah. in. Yeah. And also, he said it's it's not as though he's. He's really in control of the fact that he he reacts to that, so it's it's such an instinctive thing that it becomes very very difficult. There's, you did you didn't really have a massive problem with your temper, did you? You weren't a short fuse kind. I don't mean you didn't get angry or you didn't yeah. get wound up, but you weren't a short fuse kind of player, were you? No, I just I'd save it up and then unload it at the right time. Yeah, yeah. and I think I, I I could do that, but I understand if you can't do that. I, I think it's something to work on. Yeah. Did you learn it, or were you just like that? Um. No. Uh, it, that that was more me. So I, I don't think I, I had to work at a lot of other things. Again, he'll have things that I I really was terrible at, and that I would have had to work on to become better. You know, and, and everyone's got a natural skill in terms of how they move, and everyone can look back and go, "Well, I need to work on that because that's affected my game." This is something that for me potentially could, could affect his game. He's 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 so integral to Crystal Palace's success, isn't he? And statistically, yeah. that will stack up. That you know, then taking that to a, the next level in terms of club and where he needs to be, something like that has to be looked at for him. I think that's that could be the biggest performance-enhancing thing he ever does <laughs> is being able to control that and channel it to then put it into something productive on the pitch. That's a real... It's a tough challenge, though. It is. It? To be fair, I was away with Lee Sharp recently and he... This is where I've only just sort of learned how to channel mine. He just said... Was it a holiday for Lees? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, he was playing in the game, actually. England v uh, San Marino, like an old vets game. And he went, just tr- breathe. Just breathe, he said. When, if anything like that happens... Still now? Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I was like, yeah. OK, I'll try and breathe. But it's not as easy as that. You know, there is a, a working issue that if you've got that problem, you've got to certainly work on because it's not just going to go away from that. You've got that spark that's going to set, set you off and... <laughs> He's going to be singled out on the pitch as well. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this, about teams' unfair treatment of him actually during the game. But, you know, he's their, their biggest weapon in terms of them winning matches. Mm-hmm. He dribbles with the ball a lot, so he's going to hold on to the ball a lot. Sometimes a bit too long for me, and he's going to get kicked, he's going to get tackled. So the nature of how he plays, I think, adds a little bit more to it, and him feeling probably under attack at times, as if to say, like, what, why me? I think less, I think when, just reading what he was saying, I think less feeling under attack and more feeling not protected. Okay. So he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll take that, but what I won't take is if referees then don't give the free kicks against me. If players are going to do that all the way through, I feel like yeah. he feels like the, that it's, it's not fair, which I think is probably it's but, the most... But, 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 I don't, I don't no, see but, him getting mistreated by referees. But isn't that the, mo- yeah. isn't that the most basic kind of... Well, like it, you, everybody reverts back to that. Something's not fair. Yeah, <laughs> it is the worst feeling. But you in the have world. to own it yourself. Yeah, a lot of the time, and, t- and things aren't going to be fair. I'm sure there's going to be matches where he's going to walk off and go, "The ref didn't give two fouls," and he'd probably be right. Yeah, but that's you, you get decisions and you don't get them, and you almost can't rely on that. No, you've got, you've no. got to take take control of it yourself. 
He'd have, well, he'd have struggled in our era then, wouldn't he? He would, he would yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have got anything. We're going to stop now, just before it all kicks off in here. <laughs> I can sense this tension building. Uh, that is it for this episode of Liquid Football from Joe. Thank you very much to Matt Upson and to Lee Hendry. You can download the podcast or you can watch us on YouTube. Please do leave us a nice review on iTunes if you like what you hear. And we've got a Facebook page. If you search for Liquid Football, you can join in the chat on there as well. Don't forget to check out our other shows as well. House of Rugby with James Haskell and TKO with Carl Frampton. From us, though, for this week, bye-bye. You've been listening to Liquid Football on Joe.